Hey, uh, welcome back to the Selfish Daddy Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, uh, the man, Ed Johnson, and we got, um, I am Damon, the greatest, Alexander. Whoa, hey, Alexander the Great, huh? There you go, Alexander the Great. <laughs> <laughs> I made up a better DJ name than you in one second, just by, well, you know what? <laughs> You're right, who cares? Damon, I got a great show for you planned. I've done a lot of research. I don't believe you. A lot of shit. I haven't went on site. Today we're going to talk about ghost towns and the interesting history behind some of these ghost towns. But first, hmm. we got a comment. Uh, not our podcast, but a blog post. Oh, yeah. About two weeks ago, I think I wrote a, bo- a blog post about after-school Satan Club. There is a push to get a after-school Satan Club in schools across the country because there's already... You know, schools for uh, after school clubs for churches, churches for the Jews, for Everybody Mormons, like churches chicken, churches chicken. Did I wrote say, it. Did you say the Jews? I said the juice. Oh, okay. Yeah, the juice. Like the good. juice. They're juiced up. I'm pretty sure churches sells juice. Well, I mean, I would buy their juice, dude. I would buy their juice. Buy buy their gravy. I like their biscuits, but. Uh, Oh yeah, this episode of Selfish Daddy Podcast is brought to you by uh, KFC. KFC. Just kidding. I read a satirical article about the after-school Satan Club uh, entitled, My Daughter Recounts Her First Week at Satan Club. And then, of course, sub subtitle, Wednesday Will Blow Your Mind. It's a great al- great al- it's a great album. It's a great article. <laughs> it's a great article. God damn it. One of these days I'm going to speak coherently. But here is uh, the comment. I think she thought I was being serious. I don't know, honestly. Send us, listen, Hickory Jones. If you're listening to this, girl, call up, uh, call up Damon and his personal number at five three three two zero seven nine, and tell him what you think. Because God damn it, I don't know. Let's read it. Uh, also, this whole thing is in um, quotations. Uh, <laughs> <So> open. <laughs> she thinks she she forgot to cite her source. Open quote. Announce that it wants to open after-school clubs that focus on teaching reason and science. End quote. (laughs) Sorry. That's what school is, dummies. Those guys are always full of stories. Big holes in logic like Swiss cheese. Brainwashed slaves. All retarded like an indistrantic clown. I don't know if I pronounced that word right. Who thinks he knows better than everyone because they've been indoctrinated. Dot, 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 dot. We hear and we obey. We mote, we mote it to be. Sound the bell and worship an innocent little demonic fertility god. Bamf. Here. Nothing underlying going on here. And coincidentally, it fits into the guidelines. Who would have thought it would be so convenient? Must be on the up and up. Hey. Dot, dot, dot. Laughing my ass off. I think I, I what I'm thinking what I'm getting from it is I think she thinks we're being serious and are uh, being shocked about Satan Club. I don't know if she read the article, but I'm not really sure if that's even what she meant at all. I like to think that she was actually speaking very sophisticated, and we just did not get it at all. She's like either she's like she's on another plane, dude. She's on another plane of existence. We can't even keep up with her. I don't even know. But thank you, Hickory Jones, for being being involved in the community and enlightening us. Enlightening us, because now you've you've helped us really think about stuff. I mean, do I even want to do this podcast anymore? I mean, you've been indoctrinated. Um, but I think you, you also tell me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what school is, dummies. I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you. I'm sure you had a lot of important things to say. 
Um, that actually uh, has a pretty uh, big article on our uh, Facebook page. I mean, it's got one like and one comment. Wow. And it's, it's one of the most popular posts we have that isn't talking about Pokemon Go, which is interesting because those are our most popular posts, of course. Our most popular post with one like. So like, comment, and subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. Do we have a YouTube yet? Well, no, we don't, but we're going to work on that. So subscribe in the meantime. Yeah, just subscribe to the channel we don't have. Okay. Damon? Yes. Last week I teased I teased your pee-pee a little bit with the allure of talking about ghost towns. Now I have blue balls. No, your your balls are going to be just fine because they're about to release all over the place. Nice. <laughs> so last, actually two weeks ago, I guess it's been, two weeks ago I went to a little town called Kuihili, Kuihili, what was it? Kuihi? Yeah, yeah. Kuihi, Texas. Kuihi, Texas. Kuihi, Texas is a ghost town. It's kind of south of Austin. So I drove there from where I live. I went over to the town because I heard it was deserted. It is deserted to an extent. There's still a few people that live there. It's kind of close to a, a somewhat decent-sized town, so people that live there go out to the town to buy their stuff, I'm assuming. So I drove up. I, I realized where we are because I noticed the surroundings. So I looked it up on Google, and I take an immediate left into the town, and the very first thing I see is a giant cemetery. Well, relatively speaking. And it was all out in the open on the side of the road. There was no fences or anything around it. So I was able to get out of the car and look at the gravestones. The newest gravestone that was there was from 2000. But the person was born in uh, 1899. Oh, so he lived forever. Uh, 18, wait, 1899? Yeah, so he was like 101, 101. years old. Yeah. Jesus. Just I have, I'll, Maybe I'll put some photos of it on the Facebook page. I'll probably blur out any of the names for, for the innocent. Um, but there's also some really old gravestones like from the 1800s 1900s people lived and died in the 1900s and the 1800s i like to think every time someone uh lived that long and and they every time i see it, like it's in 2000s like the early 2000s i like to think that they just died on their own <laughs> like they went through the entire 1900s and they got to the 2000s they're like all right i'm done they're like fuck this like they saw the future it was like okay i'm done <laughs> right um, so that was a really interesting spot. The graves they were all out in the open to anyone to use. A lot of them look. There were some that looked like they were attended to. That have been people have been visiting or at least cleaning up. But there were some, and I could post pictures of this too, that had, was just completely overgrown. And the oldest one that I saw was that someone that died. So that gravestone had been there since 1905. So someone had been dead for over 100 years. That and was the oldest one you saw. That's the oldest one I saw, and it was like a small pillar. With Did a cross. you see all of them, or is that just the no? One? I didn't see all of them. Oh, I just so, so what you know of what I know. There might be older ones, possibly. Yeah. Um. Once I see the history of this town that I saw from a little plaque that I drove past, then you might be a little bit more worried about the people of this town, the fate of the people of this town, especially the people that lived in the 1800s. Um. So I drove around a little bit more. I found a bunch of abandoned homes, an abandoned uh, like country store, and a church. I guess was still operational. But there was nobody there at the time. Uh, someone drove by in a truck. No one like talked to me or did anything. But I went inside one of the abandoned homes. I have pictures of this too. So once you listen to this podcast, or even when you're listening to this podcast, check out our Facebook page. So I'll put the photos up and you can see. I mean, it was an abandoned home, overgrown. There was even like like a walker in the house. Like the the, the doors were completely blown off. The windows were shattered. And it was just completely open. And like there was a small gate that was open. So I guess like, technically I was trespassing, but I don't think anyone lived there for a, a long time. And I went in... The floors were completely, like, rickety. There was, like, a small basement. Uh, outside, there was, like, a couple, like, rusted-out cars. So I went to two houses like that and um, just went inside, looked in. 
Interesting. But here's a interesting story about Quihi. Wait, did you hear anything inside the houses? I didn't hear anything. Okay. It, was, it was broad daylight, too, so it wasn't super scary or anything. What? I imagine if it was there in the middle of the night, I would be freaking out, dude. Cause, like, I wasn't there at the time, unfortunately. I had to work. I invited you, then. Yeah, late. Late? Yeah, I had to work. Dude. I want to go at night. I really want to go at night so that way we can do like a Blair Witch Project type thing. All right, so let's. Learn. So after a while, I found this plaque. Like a, it was like a big gravestone, but it was like com- commemorating the town. And it says on. I guess this is a gravestone for this man, Henry Castro, 1781 to 1861. And it said uh, in the plaque is a distinguished pioneer and colonizer of Texas. A stat- and this is the city of Quihi, Quahi. I don't know how to pronounce it. Quihi, Texas? I think it's called Quihi, Texas. It's spelled... Uh, Q-U-I-H-I. Yeah, there you go. So look it up. It's interesting. Quihi! So anyway, Quihi was established in March 1845 by 10 families in charge of, of Lewis Hoth, agent for Castro. And this is where it gets really dark. In, in the very end, it says, Bef- many settlers were killed by Indians before 1860. So these are very early American settlers. Well... Early, relatively speaking. I mean, our country's not that old, but these were especially early Texan settlers that found this small spot and decided to make a community there, but were also getting killed by the Indian inhabitants. Probably a lot of them were Mexicans, too, I'm assuming. So my people killed your people, Chris. I guess so. Uh, Henry Castro was a a French Jew. He came into America and led just a bunch of people to the West. So, like, what's interesting about this is I'd never heard of Henry Castro before in my life, at least this Henry Castro. Um, which makes me really sad because that motherfucker did so much more than I'll ever hope to do in his short life than I'm ever going to do, and no one remembers him. So what's the chances of people actually remembering me? But I guess I have a podcast and he doesn't. Well, he had like a lot of advantages. Well, I mean, it's kind of easy to claim something that was never claimed. What do you mean? He settled there. Yeah. America. If I, if I settle in your house, it doesn't mean I have your That's house. That's different. There's laws now. Yeah, so... Fuck, so, fuck I mean, you? you're doing, I'd say you're doing pretty good considering the fact that you have to weave your way through bullshit <laughs> and he just had to like sit his ass on the ground. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure it was really easy to like migrate from France to America and then wind up in Texas. I guess there is a lot of French settlers in Texas though, which is interesting. I haven't seen any. Well, I mean, you think about it with the Louis- <laughs> you haven't seen any. Just like <laughs> mostly all north near Houston cuz like b- before like this land belonged to the United States before it belonged to Mexico, I guess. Well, a little bit north of here. It all belonged to France, like Napoleon. So that's why there's a lot of French people that, I guess, stuff. Oh, yeah. I forgot Texas was in the Louisiana purchase thing. I guess it kind of was. Sure. Parts of it. Well, the top half. Yeah. Um, F- fucking France. <laughs> France, <laughs> listen, I'm sorry that we've get, we've been rude to you. I know you're pivotal and the reason why we won the Revolutionary well, War and the War of 1812 and fuck. Well, I can't say anything because I learned French. He's fluent now. A little bit. Bonjour. So, yeah, so that sounds good. And then, okay, so the next, very next day, I caught wind of a town called Frio Town in Texas. And it looked cool to me because there's, a, like, literally ruins of this town center and town hall and uh, courthouse that were just, like, being overgrown by trees and stuff. And, like, I saw the pictures on Google and I saw people going there. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case. Like, I wasn't able to go see it, but I'll tell you why. So I drove to Frio Town, and um, when I finally got there, Google told me to take a right into someone's property. So I didn't do that. Luckily, I didn't because there's someone right there in the corner. 
So I drove a little further into another cemetery, but this one was closed off. And I think these graves are a little bit older based on the look of them. Um, and so then right as soon as I got out of the car, some guy in a truck drove out, drove up to me and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, Hey sir, I'm looking for Frio town. And it kind of like looks at me and him and his wife at the exact same time. was like, this is Frio town. <laughs> I was like, Oh, uh, I was like, I heard that there was some like abandoned courthouse or something. He's like, well, yeah, there's an abandoned courthouse and there's some abandoned like homes and stuff. I don't know why you would want to go see that. I was like, oh, I just would. I, there's just something I'm interested in. Can you tell me how to get there? And he's like, it's like, well, that's on private property. I was like, ah, shit. He's like, well, if you want, there's a small historical marker down the road you can read about the dead people. It's like, um, it's like, and I did that, and it wasn't as interesting. You've just been like, offer accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did. He was pretty nice. I, I, I'm assuming he's the guy that owns the property. Uh, mostly, it was mostly just ranch land. It wasn't anything as cool as the other. But so. But you do realize that you're going to be haunted in about 24 hours after I leave. <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't. Who knows? Maybe those guys are Maybe the guys are some of the original inhabitants of Frio Town. They're like, I haven't heard that name since 1842. <laughs> My grandpappy. Rest his soul. <laughs> it's like thunder. Like, <sighs> like, wow, it's the middle of the desert in Texas. Like just look at his wife. It was like, I'm sorry, you and your wife have a lovely day. This is my sister, but yes, yeah, she's my wife. Oh Jesus! No, I don't want to make fun of those people. They were very hospitable to me, and they didn't have to be. They answered my stupid questions. So yeah. thank you, uh, you people. <laughs> you people that will never hear this podcast because they live too far out. There's no internet out there. <laughs> just they're still making smoke signals. Anyway, there's a really cool website, and I'll link it to uh, the the posts which you can find the ghost towns in your area. I think if you do a little research, more research than I did, you might be able to find some really cool stuff. There's another there's some other ghost towns we're gonna go to was it yesterday? But it was like storming and crazy and like I don't wanna go out in the rain. AKA Chris was being a pussy. It was dude. I'm not gonna go out in the floods. That's even better. You get drowned you'd be with the dead people. This sparked my imagination, Damon. Hmm. And I went out and looked at looked up some more really cool ghost towns and I have some stories that I want to tell you. Mm-hmm. Some of them range from really funny to like really sad and really scary. Damon, you're Mexican, right? Uh, we. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know what the word lobo means, right? For gringo uh, lobo? listeners, lobo, L-O-B-O. Wolf. Yeah, it means wolf. Okay, so there's a small town in Texas called Lobo, Texas, oh, Lobo. and it was named after the wolves that ran through the town, like at <laughs> night and stuff. So that's a good start. El Lobo Negro. <laughs> Lobo uh, was a local watering stop for the Southern Pacific Railroad and a post office. Uh, it ranged from anywhere between 100 uh, residents to like 250 residents. Um, but the population went all the way down to 90 in the mid-1960s. Uh, around that time, the water table dropped dramatically, so a lot of people were just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to live out in the middle of the fucking desert if there's no water. So they all moved, which is understandable because there's a small, there's a bigger town called Lubbock that they all fled to. Ooh, Lubbock. Yeah, so. That is, oh my God. What? <laughs> That's not a ghost town, but maybe it should be. Yeah, it pretty much is. <laughs> It's like a bunch of Walking Dead. They all went to the big city of Lubbock. 
Oh my god, it's just it's like I don't want to bash Lubbock, but it's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> Lubbock's got a great college. Yes, that's like the only. I think that it's like one of the small college towns, but we're not we're not talking about college towns today. We're talking about. Well, I mean, we're ca- talking about ghost towns. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe in like twenty years, thirty years, it might be a ghost town. I like to point out too, like uh, I know we're talking about ghost towns and like uh, now I'm thinking about Lubbock. Uh, outside of Lubbock, where my family lives, uh, Littlefield, Texas, that's that's starting to become like half a ghost ghost town. And I remember like being out there. Like being out there and in the little strip of downtown that they have is just dead, empty. Mm-hmm. All of the it looks it looks cool. Like if I can imagine that if it was um, up and running, everybody was out hanging out downtown. Like the fifties, it's like a fifties thing. It's just like a strip of downtown, and well, it was just well, dead. One of the common denominators of all these ghost towns is an, econ- an economic problem, and like the economy isn't doing so well these days. So a lot of people can't like support businesses, or they can't afford commuting really far so most people are just leaving those towns and going to the city and that's what i think that, and that's what i i suspected too because kind of like like all those all those shops that were closed even there were some there's maybe like one in and out of the entire maybe like 30 store strip maybe like one or two that were actually in business mm-hmm. and you could just tell it's just going to be like local businesses that just abandoned it or just like left without hope i don't know it's just it was pretty crazy even especially because my uncle took me out at night and we kind of went throughout the town it's, it's not that it doesn't take that long it takes like maybe <laughs> yeah. like 20 minutes to do so and it just it was just dead just... i want to share with you a little funny story that i found out about lobo texas this is all from the wikipedia page so excuse me for not being having uh, strong sources but i mean fuck it i'm just gonna read this verbatim because it's really funny in 1969, Bill Christ bought the entire community and opened a new gas station as well as a general store. Although business was initially good, the sale of alcoholic beverages caused an increase in crime. The store was destroyed by fire in 1976, and in 1988, Christ placed the entire community on the market for $60,000. By 1991, with no by 1991, with no purchaser and faced with personal problems, Christ abandoned his efforts to save Lobo. Not even Christ could save Lobo from itself. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> did you wonder if you ever prayed, like, God, why did you curse me with this stupid town? I wonder if Jesus Christ ever says Jesus Christ. He probably says Mohammed or something. <laughs> He's like, me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Here's so what, Jesus Christ couldn't save Lobo, Texas. Well, Bill Christ couldn't. I'm sure Jesus Christ could do whatever he uh, wanted. Bill Christ. I guess it's Jesus Christ's brother or something. <laughs> He's just like on the couch, just like yeah. <laughs> I could, I could save. It's like Bill. I wish you'd go out there and start saving some things like your like your brother Jesus. Like, yeah, I wish you shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, he bought a whole town. I mean, I'm pretty impressed by that. Just maybe not the right time to do it. He had it for like 20 years too, almost. You know, like I would love to try to sleep in naked. a ghost town. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to go to Quihi, you could sleep in the cemetery in the middle of the night. Well, no, in an abandoned house. Oh, well, we could sleep in an abandoned house there too. Oh. So let's no, not my. Oh, I got the chills right now. Sorry, Damon. Yeah. Do you believe? Do you got chills, Damon? <laughs> do you believe in Santa Claus? Um. Yes. Good. I'm uh, someone that 
made this town probably also lived in Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus, Arizona. <laughs> That's not. I mean, I shouldn't be shocked because there's a town in Arizona called Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Santa Claus, Arizona is a. Someone had the bright idea of opening up a Santa Claus themed town in the middle of the desert. Um, there's, uh, it's abandoned now. No one lives there at all. But I think there's only like 57 people that live there in the beginning. Um, it's in the middle of Arizona in the desert, and there, what remains are like some rusted out trains, like old candy cane statues, uh, like a building that says Santa's office or Santa's workshop or something, and it's all completely just covered in dirt and sand and like so overgrown like the, and smashed and stuff. It's really odd. So you should definitely like look up the picture before Christmas. Except in the desert, it's just like it's a small town. Um, it apparently has somewhat of a boom in like the early um, like thirties, but it kind of lost traction there like late in the eighties, I think. I was and, like, um, say it had a boom. Like, oh no, we got sixty people. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I don't think they're ever trying to make people live there. I think that was an option, but it was mostly to see like it's like a tourist trap. But they, the guy lived there. Um, the Santa Claus sign is still up. It says, "This is it, Santa Land." And then, like, it looks like scratched in the sign. It says office. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Office land. <laughs> office land. Anyway, they uh, jumped ship in, like, the 80s. And it, you can still go there if, you wanna, if you're ever in Arizona and you want to look at Santa Town or whatever. I think it's just called Santa Claus. It might be cool to go check it out. Um, maybe Santa is still there and that's a secret workshop. Like, it's, like, underground or something. That might be cool. I'd be all right with that. What if it's just like a Five Nights at Freddy thing and then they just come to life <laughs> and just like, get on my property? Damon? Yes. What is the biggest problem that a libertarian faces every day? Um, a librarian. No. Let's see. A libertarian. A libertarian. Um, trying to decide between freedom. Freedom. Freedom? Fuck it. <laughs> between freedom and um, prison? Well, no. Yeah, I guess somewhere in, somewhere in between that is the government. Uh, the biggest problem for a libertarian is the government. Here's a small town called St. Uh, Thomas, Nevada. Its biggest problem and its ultimate downfall was because of the government. Um, St. Thomas was originally founded by Mormon settlers in 1865. Ooh, it's hitting close to home. It's my brother's here. With a population about 500 at its peak. St. Thomas became an established town with farms and businesses, and it was a pretty big deal for the people that were walking through. Uh, it was at Arizona at the time. Okay, this is, this is where it gets interesting. The Mormons abandoned St. Thomas in February 1871 as the land survey shifted the state line of Nevada one degree longitude east, placing all the Mormon settlements known as the Muddy Mission in Nevada instead of Arizona or Utah. The state of Nevada attempted to collect taxes for previous years payable only in gold, from the residents, they chose to leave without paying in 1871. That's what America is to me. Where the Mormons all eventually moved to Utah, and everything turned out okay for them. But uh, later on, some other people decided to buy the land and settle there, and it was going really good for a while until they built the Hoover Dam, and the Colorado the Colorado River uh, went up like a lot and flooded their town, making it uninhabitable. And then they had a bail because of the government. So what do you got? You got t- the tax man coming after you, and you got like big infrastructure just destroying your town and making it unlivable. Poor St. Thomas. I think there's still some ruins there if you want to go check it out. Um, 
if you're in Nevada. I mean, the Mormons did pretty good for themselves in Utah, so I think I might visit them. You know, was it God? Was it the Mormon God going in and like, hey, you ain't gonna do so well? They're doing all, you know, Las Vegas was settled by Mormons too. I feel like, I feel like Utah's just in a, a giant bubble, and like as soon as you enter it, everything's just like fluffy and Mormon type bisque. I don't know. I don't know, but all that Salt Lake City I, is kind of like any other big town. Except know. with a giant Mormon temple in the middle. I guess I don't know. I just I never hear anything bad happening in Utah. Well, there's like a lot of suicides in all of like basically all of the Utah Valley for various reasons. Maybe we'll get into that one day in a podcast. Uh, this is definitely the scariest story that I know, that I can think of anyway. It it scared me at least. There's a town. Well, it was a, a community built in um, China. Shanxi, China, I believe. It's called the Pod City. Um, they were a set of pods that kind of looked like UFOs. They were like all different colors, and it almost looked like a flower. Like there was a stem in the middle, and then the pods were your leaf, where like the the leaves of the flower, or the petals of the flower. Yeah. And that's where you would live, and then you kind of go up and down. But what's bizarre about this these UFO houses is one, they're never complete. But the reason why they're never completed is because of weird deaths and suicides that happened on the construction. Um, so much so that people that visited the houses after they're abandoned said that they saw ghosts and like activity and stuff. And just during the project, there was like a lot of problems with construction, almost like they were cursed. But the, uh, also the person who's making the houses ran out a lot of money because he kept having, and this is not a joke. He kept after he kept half, he kept, having to hire new staff because they all kept dying um so that's weird just uh fyi these uh sanzi uh sanzai ufo houses are no longer around they got demolished and i think they built some other stuff there but yeah ufos i feel bad man like when you have a project you like to finish it you know just sad 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 days so I don't know. Uh, that's basically all the ghost towns I could think of. There's a lot more. Would like, you ever spend a night in a ghost town? Depends for what reason and like which ghost town. Um, I I, I don't really, I mean I don't know. There's so many ghost towns. Just like a ghost town, uh, and just just to get the the feeling. I probably would, but I also don't want to go to jail. Well, I mean. Like, we'll say it's legal for you to stay. Okay, there. I would. Yeah, I don't see why I wouldn't. I don't really believe in, like, extraterrestrial activity or, like, extraterrestrial. Par- paranormal <laughs> activity. I I believe that. I think that's the only reason why I would want to do it is because I would like to try to catch something. I would be afraid that I'd get, like, chopped up by some kind of axe murderer or something because that's real. One of, the, one of the cool experiments that I've seen done, well, I guess loosely experiment, was, uh, I don't know if you watched Top Gear. Not really. Uh, well, it's these guys, they race. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows Top Gear. Okay, so, yeah, <laughs> just kind of clarifying. If you don't know, it's just guys racing cars and seeing right. which one's better. Anyways, so one of one of the, one of the um, I guess, challenges was to go through the one, go through that ghost town, that nuclear ghost town that's been shut down. Chernobyl. Chernobyl uh, in Ukraine. And um, if you if you watch it, I'm pretty sure you, you can find it easily if you just search those terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, um uh, and you get like an actual visual, uh, like of how panicked it is because yeah. you can't you can't break down the whole, the whole thing was that if they break down there, 
I they're gonna die. They're not gonna die right away. Which just it's kind of you don't break down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, so that you bring that up, there's another town that was affected by the Chernobyl uh, meltdown. It's called Pry. I'm, I'm just gonna spell it out. It's P R I P Y A T. So basically, this town was uh, is had fifty thousand people living in it, and in two days they evacuated everybody out during the Chernobyl meltdown. And if you go through the town now, and I'm gonna spell it out again, I, I think it's pronounced um, Pri Pripyat It's P R I P Y A T. And if you go look at the now, all of the stuff like if you look at our house. In my room, I have a TV, I have a bookshelf, I have a bunch of crap on another bookshelf, and I have chairs and desks. But And you can imagine, like, how every single house in your neighborhood has a bunch of stuff like that in there. If you go back to this town, most of those homes are still completely furnished with all of the stuff that people had that was not, like, that was not a necessity. People left all of their stuff, and just it's still there. And it's been, like, what? So, like, they're, like they're collectibles and stuff? Yeah, all the stuff that's not important to them just was left. I'm not sure the exact dates, but it's been a long time, obviously. And so you can still go to that town to this day. And it's like, there's like, it's a big town, like skyscrapers and stuff. It's like, what would happen, except our town would be a larger scale, is what it would kind of look like if a giant town just vanished for some reason. And there's multiple reasons. You think about it like. See, now, now, would it be stealing if you go into those houses and you take it? I don't think you would want it because it probably has like nuclear fallout on it or something. Like, it's probably radioactive. Oh, well, I mean. You could be like the, uh, was it uh, the, the Godzilla? Godzilla, yeah. Anyway, Damon, um, we're, run, just, we're running long. Give your thought thirty seconds. Um, I, I I honestly think that ghost towns are gonna start becoming less and less now that some cities are expanding. Mm. Uh, example would be Littlefield. Even though I said Littlefield has been somewhat abandoned, that I do see on other side of the of the town that it's expanding. Even more so that it's getting closer to uh, surrounding smaller towns, and then also because it's not that far from Lubbock. Mm-hmm. An example, another example would be uh, the small town that's between Austin and uh, San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are like trying to speculate that in the in the future that San it's Antonio, gonna... Austin are going to be together. So the small towns that are within kind of like Dallas, Fort Worth. Yeah. So at some point, these ghost towns are going to be absorbed by bigger cities. I would take that theory and raise you another one. I think there's going to be more ghost towns, especially in places like Texas, Nevada, because you think about like the gentrification of everything. Like the inner cities used to be uh, when people started in a city, they would start in the center. Obviously, that's what's center, and they would like go out as the town became more crime ridden, and they would slowly spread out to the outskirts of the city. That's why most of the rich neighborhoods, and this is not just in our city, but in other cities, are in the outskirts of the downtown area. Because they want to be away from all that. And even though in the beginning, the town center was like the economic center of the town and like it was upscale and people wanted to be there, they would move out to to go away. And like even though they had to commute to the jobs, it wasn't a big deal to pay for gas and all that stuff or, uh, you know, it wasn't a big deal to uh, transportate yourself. (laughs) Transport yourself? (laughs) Damn it, I can't speak. That's my biggest problem. But now people are starting to move back into the city centers. Um, because they can't drive very far to their um, their jobs anymore because they're trying to save money anywhere they can because things are so much more expensive. Things are 
It's, even gas is very expensive, even though it's going down for us. I mean, that's like at least 75 cents more expensive than it was 30 years ago. Well, off topic, I kind of wish that we had a subway system. Oh, my God. Don't. No, I'm kind of it's not. That's not important. <laughs> um, what I'm trying to say is, Damon, is that if you see in any big city places that used to be really ghetto and like run down are starting to be built back up with other places that are new because people want to live near the jobs, which are downtown. So I think more people are going to be leaving these smaller towns and going to bigger towns. And maybe even so, like you're talking about, maybe there would be a giant like conglomerate city that pops up more. But, I mean, there's still a bunch of cities around it that aren't going to be affected. If anything, it's going to make it even worse for the smaller towns because then they're like, oh, let's just move to Austin, San Antonio. And I don't know. That's just theory. <sighs> we can have multiple centers too. Um, well, I guess. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. It went a little long. I'm probably going to cut out all the parts where Damon talked. Yeah, I had a lot of spaces. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, thank you for listening. Go to please visit selfishdaddy.com. We're going to be posting more blogs. Um, eventually, we might be moving this uh, podcast to YouTube, depending on how we. Uh, well, our our hopeful plan would be to have our older podcast go onto YouTube, and that way we have the newer ones on um, iTunes, so that way you could download it. Faster. Yeah, if that works, it might work too. Well, there's a lot of options, but let's. But either way, you can still hear it on YouTube. Um, so just look, be on the lookout for that. And don't forget to look at our our fabulous expose on bigdicks.com. We're the ones holding the cameras. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, visit us on Facebook, Selfish Daddy Official. Have a good day, thanks, guys.